1: Welcome back to the Equipping You and Grace podcast, guys. Today, I have a very special guest with me, my my friend Doreen. Doreen, welcome to the Equipping You and Grace podcast, my friend.
0: Hi, Dave. It's great to be with you.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited about this conversation and talking with you today. Well, Doreen, can you tell us about your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on, you know, ministry project mm-hmm.
0: wise? Okay. Um, well, I was raised, uh, no fault of my own, in a cult called Christian Science that has a completely apostate view of Jesus as a, a created man who's a role model for people. And uh, and so my mother was a Christian science practitioner. Her mom was. Um, it was just all I knew. And we were told we were Christians, Dave. I was given a King James Bible when I was just learning to read. And we read it all the time. We were in church twice a week. I didn't know any different. I thought, you know, mom said we're a Christian. We were. Um, and so then as an adult, I got... Uh, two degrees in psychology at Chapman University, a BA and an MA, and I became a, a psychotherapist specializing in addictions. And um, and from there, I got into the New Age really heavily and became an author of New Age topics. And when I was saved in 2017, I was at the top of my New Age career. Not to boast, but I was the top-selling New Age author at the biggest New Age publisher, Hay House. And um, and and I thought I was a Christian. That's the that's what it, was so mind blowing about this. I, I I knew there was a difference between me and born again Christians. I always thought that born agains were fear based and guilt based and very rigid and, and judgmental. Um, and I thought I was open minded. And of course, looking back now, I see that I was very similar to the progressive Christians of today, the the hyper liberal churches, even some of the charismatic churches is what I looked like, what I believed like. But it was interesting because um, identifying as a, a Christian, I would listen to Christian radio, the whole journey that I was on through apostasy, Um, I listened to Chuck Smith in the 90s on Calvary radio. And then I started listening to Alistair Begg on Christian Satellite Network. And and that's really how the Holy Spirit got to me. January 2015, I was driving along and Alistair Begg comes on the radio and he's talking about 2 Timothy 4, that in the end times, people want their itching ears tickled by false teachings. And Alistair, he proceeded to describe false teachers. And it was like he was talking about me, you know, everything he said about those false teachers, it was just piercing my heart. Just finally, I was convicted for the first time in my life. And um, I went home and I said to Michael, we got to go to church, not a new age church like we'd been going to at that point, like unity, new age and all that. I said, we just, we need to go find out what's happening here. And I told him about that. I thought I was a false teacher, but see, I didn't have any theological basis to know how to climb out of that. Dark hole because I had only read the Bible um, with eyes Jesus eyes where the Christian Science beliefs kind of make this lens of false teachings and they give you a verse completely out of context to read. Um, I you know I didn't know the I didn't know the gospel at all. So so anyway, um, we started going to church without any kind of discernment about denominations. We started out at a four square Pentecostal church and it was all about healings and prophecy and music and maybe 10 minutes of a sermon and even the sermon would be a prophecy. So we were getting fed there and we we just, we just were just bouncing around. We went to a Seventh-day Adventist church and then from there, we went to an Episcopal church, which was actually kind of a happy landing ground for us out of the new age because they are such nice people and we didn't know that they were teaching false things like modalism. We didn't know that it was unbiblical to affirm female preachers priests and gay priests. We just, we hadn't read the Bible to know that. And and so we did, at that church, um, we did start to study the Bible. And through reading the Bible was when I discovered that I was a sinner and that I needed Lord Jesus to be my savior. And uh, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12 specifically, which has this whole list, just like that Alistair Begg sermon two years before. It's like I needed a list of this is what you're doing wrong. Deuteronomy 18 has a list of new age methods that I was doing, like divination and fortune telling and interpreting signs and omens and mediumship. And and it says in that passage that people who do these things are an abomination to God. And that just floored me, Dave, because honestly, this is going to sound so weird, but I thought I was helping God. I thought I was God's servant in the new age because people would tell me that I was helping them and that I was helping them with their grief or giving them answers. And I had become really narcissistic and prideful. I'd in the new age. Um, and uh, so when I read I was an abomination to God, it just broke me, which I needed to be broken. And I got on my knees and I just said to God, I didn't know. I did not know. I'm so sorry. Please take over my life. And that's when I was saved in late 2017.
1: Wow, what a what a testimony of the spirit's a spirit power. To yeah. Open eyes through biblical truth. Yeah, that's John fifteen, right? Jesus aims to open our eyes to the truth and, and to show us Jesus. And your testimony is a wonderful testimony. In fact I was even thinking of Saul, you know and yeah. I, you know where you're because the scales were ruined from his eyes. I I remember you said something about this and it kind of touches on it. It's like I was sitting there for four hours talking to a Mormon when I lived in Idaho and it was like pounding, pounding my, I might as well just pounded him, you know, like this, like Mm -hmm. uh, shaking him. But it it just, what you said just reminded me of that because, you know, your eyes were closed, his eyes were closed and he was, I would then, I looked at his, the back of his car and this is where what you said reminded me of. He was listening to K. Caleb. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. so do you hear the gospel on Caleb? No, we're not going to talk about whether they preach the gospel on Caleb. Right. right? That, I'm just saying, like, he heard, I just gave him the gospel for like four hours. You know, he got an intense mm-hmm. <laughs> gospel <laughs> presentation, okay? And and then he, I asked him about Caleb and he said, oh yeah, and his eyes beamed and you could just tell, you know, he was happening.
0: Yeah. And, that's the thing is I heard the gospel loud and clear. I heard it from Chuck Smith in the 90s. I heard it from people who... Like, like yourself, who were witnessing to me, my brother who saved and became a Baptist two years, 20 years before me. And so I heard the gospel and I, you know, as Chris Roseborough pointed out to me last year, God's word, does he's, he pointed to Isaiah 55, 10 through 11. God's word does not return void. So it's not up to us to save people. As you know, we're to plant seeds that hopefully we pray land on fertile soil and that the Holy Spirit nurtures and grows. And and that's what happened to me is um, all the gospel I'd heard all those decades. It was like packed in ice on my stony, cold heart. And when um, when I read the Bible, it just, it's like my heart, I got a new heart, of course, but it's like the ice pack melted. And I finally, through my thick head, the spiritual blindness was gone. And I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I couldn't save myself through works. The new age is a, new, is a works-based system. And I knew that um, Jesus really is the son of God who died for our sins. And that um, I also knew that the Bible is God's inerrant word and every word of the Bible is true. Mm, Amen. Amen.
1: Praise God. First (laughs) grade. Yes. Amen. Amen. Can you tell us a little bit about your book, Deceived No More, How Jesus Led Me Out of the New Age and Into His Word, why you wrote it and how it's being received?
0: Yeah, I wrote that book. uh, um, I had just started at seminary, Western Seminary uh, in January, 2019 as a full-time student. And I, I have been, since I converted to Christianity, I've Been very transparent on social media about my learning and sanctification process. And it's been humbling and embarrassing because I went from a spiritually blind person, and I should have taken three years to go to Arabia like Paul did. Um, But uh, one of the reasons I stayed on social media after my conversion is that my publisher was still selling my old heretical books. Um, They stopped reprinting them, thank God, but they were selling the remaining stocks. So my old stuff is still on Amazon, which is such a burden I carry. So I worry about each of those books you know, leading people to hell. Um, and, and so I stayed on social media because my work's still out there. And at first my theology was so bad um, when I was on uh, doing Facebook posts and such, but, but I would post scripture. I posted Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12, right after I was converted. And uh, my publisher fired me when I posted that because they said it would offend witches, which is crazy after 22 years with that publisher. Anyway, um, and so so we had, at the time that I was a New Age teacher, my husband and I had a 50-acre ranch in Hawaii, and uh, we thought we'd live there the rest of our lives. We had boatloads of money coming in. We were spending it faster than we could make it. It was really the high life, but I was always seeking, Dave. I was always looking for the secret, you know, the answer. And I finally found it, of course, through Jesus and his word in the Bible. But um, we had to move because after I was fired and left the New Age, um, our, our income just crashed. So we moved to the Pacific Northwest with my parents who we support. My dad just passed away in December. But, I'm um, so my... sorry to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, my Anyway, my hu- my husband and I have been supporting my elderly parents who have lived with us, still my mom and, and his mom. So we had to move to the Pacific Northwest and find a home big enough for all of us. And we had just enough money left after giving a bunch of refunds to people who were mad that I'd converted. Uh, we had just enough money to get a home that had it was like a multi-generational Generational home with two kitchens, you know, and and in room. But even that we couldn't afford. So we had to sell that and move. Um, it's and so we we really we gave up everything material. Um, we gave up our friendships, people that we'd had long, long friendships in the new age. Two of my uh relatives, I don't want to name who they are, have stopped speaking to me because of my conversion. Um uh, it's been really painful to leave basically a cult. And my mother and I, my mom's still a Christian scientist. Uh, Um, We just, you know, we're nice to each other, but we just can't get close because her view of Jesus is, it's wrong. (laughs) It's just, it's crazy wrong. So I've given her the book of uh, the gospel of John as a book. Just please read this mom. And my brother and I have shared the gospel with her and we have all sorts of people praying for her. Her name is Joanne. If anyone listening wants to help pray for her, I'd appreciate it. Um, And she's 87 and in poor health. So I just worry about her. And then there's this also, it's this balance because the fifth commandment, says we're to honor our parents and yet Ephesians 5 11 says we're to have nothing to do with darkness and we're to expose it. So walking this fine line of a mother who's a pagan has been quite the challenge that we turn over to God uh, through prayer every day.
1: We'll definitely be praying for Joanna and I encourage our listeners to do that. As Thank well. you. Appreciate it. You know, because what Jesus came to do Luke 1910 tells us he came to seek and save lost. So mm-hmm. we should be praying for the lost and we should yes. but I also want you to know that I be praying for you because I could tell you talking that you know that there's a lot of pain there and so oh yeah it's that I'll be praying
0: thank you yeah it's been um I'm not going to sugarcoat it it's been a a lot of suffering coming out of the new age a lot of people persecuting me Um, new agers of course because I'm like I'm, I'm similar to a magician who's giving away the secrets I'm exposing the underbelly of the silliness and the danger of the satanic new age but also Christians have been pretty mean to me because I wasn't a perfect a Christian coming out of the new age, you know, they, it was like they expected me to be instantly a theologian and, and I was a baby. And like I said, the only reason I stayed out there publicly was to tell people, do not buy my old products, burn them if you have them, and to apologize and repent publicly. I had to tell the whole world because all my products in the new age have been published in 38 languages worldwide. So I had to tell the whole world I was wrong and that I was sorry. So it's very humbling, um, but very freeing too, to repent and to have, um, know that God's in charge of everything.
1: Well, thank you for your honesty. And Mm -hmm. thank you for, you know, seeking to make amends, you know, the grace of God, you know, that that's a huge testimony. So God bless you for your invitation.
0: Thank you. Well, I pray for the other false teachers that, you know, especially Sarah Young, she's on my radar right now, who wrote the the new age book disguised as Christianity, Jesus Calling. And it's identical to the stuff I used to do, Dave, where I thought I was channeling Jesus, I thought I was channeling God or the angel or archangels. And it, everything that I was channeling and Sarah Young channels in the Bible seemed to be loving. It seemed to be inclusive and compassionate, you know, a lot of sugar mixed with the poison and completely contradicting the Bible, which Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. So he does not contradict himself. Mm -hmm. Sarah Young, I think is even more dangerous than the new age products, which don't even pretend to be Christian because Jesus Calling is one of the top selling so-called Christian books. And it, and she's got Bible verses in there, but she's got everything twisted. And I believe she doesn't know what she's doing, just like I didn't. So please pray for Sarah Young to repent and renounce the Jesus Calling books.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to be praying. And, and, you know, th- what you said is so important because, you know, when you first became a Christian, you didn't know you had to learn, you know, so I'm, and it sounds kind of like people maybe weren't patient with you. And, and so I'm, no. I'm, really, I'm really sorry that fellow Christians weren't and probably, probably reformed People weren't as patient. And
0: the the reform people have been the nicest, honestly. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. No, the reform people. I find that what they want to do is teach me, which is what I always ask people to do. Just if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Show me where I'm wrong, and please teach me. So I've been so fortunate to have um, Justin Peters help me, and Chris Rosebow personally help me, and you know, Alister Begg and and these real giants of the faith in modern terms, um, and then some people you wouldn't never hear of who've been sisters in Christ to me Um, but the ones who have sometimes the people who've been mean to me have helped me because they were telling the truth they were saying it in a cruel unloving way but I always listen to critics because if there's a kernel of biblical truth in there I'm going to listen and I've learned from all of the critics some of the critics I've learned how not to be
1: (laughs) you're a beautiful testimony to sovereign grace and also to what it means to be humble
0: oh yeah yeah I've been ground into the ground humble Yeah,
1: definitely. I hear that.
0: Can you tell us a little bit about your journey to reform
1: theology? You know, what interests you about it and, you know, those kind of things?
0: Well, it's always been my drive for the truth. Since I was 12 years old, I remember going into my mom's Christian science reading room where she was working and saying, mom, do you have a book here about what happens to us after we die? And she was like, you're too young to think about that. Go away. And, and I've always had that, you know, the, the wonders, you know, what's the truth? Who is God and what's the universe he made? and all these wonders. So when I was saved, as I said, we were bumbling around to different churches. And, and when we moved to the Pacific Northwest, we got into an Arminian Baptist church. And, and for an Arminian, I mean, it was pretty solid. You know, eschatology is different than mine, um, but they were playing Hillsong and Bethel music. The woman's Bible study was using Beth Moore. And even as a baby Christian, I knew that she was someone not to listen to. I was horrified. And they also use Rick Warren's materials at that church. And so um, my husband and I, as much as we loved the people there and we appreciated them, we left and we started going, we really resonated with the Baptist faith. We tried Presbyterian and that was okay. You know, I think that's, I think there's a lot to be said about Presbyterian faith. And I definitely am a huge, huge follower of R.C. Sproul's work, Uh, but just Baptists kept calling us. So we went to every Baptist church as we were studying the Bible. And I was getting more and more into Ligonier uh, teachings. And, And then, and then finally, we found this teeny tiny Reformed Baptist Church, doesn't say they're Reformed Baptist, they don't, even, they don't even advertise, you know, there's like, there's like barely a website, they don't have a Facebook page. Um, and we just, God led us there. And the pastor is like a seminary professor. He's like, his hero is bodie Bauckham. And so nice. he, yeah, so he just goes, you know, line by line, which, which we had heard line by line preaching, but this is exegetical expository preaching where he connects the dots between the Old Testament and the New, and there's... Just zero isogesis. It's just you'd learn, and it's and he preaches for an hour, a full hour uh, every Sunday, and then on every Wednesday we have a co-ed Bible study, and he goes through another book of the Bible. And so it's just it's pure Bible. He doesn't do topical preaching at all. It's just books of the Bible. He so the first year we were there, he was going through Revelation, and so that's what um, pointed me to being in uh, having an Amill eschatology from the previous uh, dispensational that I had learned before. So um, anyway, that's how I got into Reformed, through (laughs) through God and the Bible.
1: (laughs) Nice, nice. Awesome. Praise God. What are are some of the marks of New Age theology? Um,
0: Biggest mark is found in Genesis 3, where the serpent tells Eve, you could be your own God. And so the New Age is built on that premise that, in fact, they twist the scripture, be still and know that I am God. That's a hallmark of the New Age, where they think I am God means literally I, the person speaking is God. And they believe that God is omnipresent. So therefore God's in you and therefore you are God and you have a divine nature. And if you're a woman, you're aspiring to ascend to become a goddess and to be a God if you're um, a male and that your thoughts create your reality. So you're, you know, you better be watching what you think. If you think something negative, you're going to attract or create something negative. So in the new age, you have to have this complete mind control of being aware of everything you say think, read, hear. If it's negative, you have to cut your cords to the negativity. You have to do atoning rituals to undo the effects of that negativity. It's like I said, it's very works-based, uh, it takes all your time. The devil keeps you busy. You'd have no time to study the Bible in the new age for sure. And, and what's grieving me is I spent 22 years as a new age teacher traveling around the world um, on stages in front of thousands of people in these audiences. I was on Oprah twice. I was on Donahue and C. CNN and The View, and all these places around the world. And and then when I left it in late 2017, I thought I was done with that. And I had this fantasy that I would go into churches and it would be 100% Bible. But I was blown away that the stuff I had just left in the New Age was there in some churches. They had the same stages with psychics on stage calling themselves prophets and prophetesses. They had um, the channeling of Jesus like we had in the New Age, but they called it Jesus calling. They were doing yoga. And sticking the name holy in front of yoga, to call it holy yoga, when it is bowing down to Hindu deities and demons is the whole crux of yoga. Um, everything I'd left behind is in the church. So I pray every day to be useful to God, that he would use my sinful past for his glory to expose those demons of the new age that people can't seem to see. Can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah. But, well, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that was the hallmark of my life growing up was that I I was trying to blend what I thought was Christianity with other religions. So I was a pluralist, universalist. The New Age teaches you that all paths lead to heaven. And so it's very ecumenical. Um, And in the New Age, they call it a spiritual buffet, because you are told to take a little bit from every religion. And so you would take the Hindu goddesses, and you would take the Buddhist meditation methods, and you would take yoga from Hinduism and Native American smudging and and sweat lodges. And you just blend it into your own brand of spirituality. And you would always go around saying, I'm spiritual, not religious, very pridefully, you know, that you're better than these silly Christians. And um, and so I see that today in churches that call themselves progressive or the liberal churches where they are introducing Satan's weapons into their church um, through the Enneagram. Um, people always get mad at me for saying this, but I'm, you know, hey, I'm 22 years out in the new age as the top selling author. And I was hobnobbing with all the famous new age teachers. I know new age inside and out. And so the Enneagram was originated uh, as a geometric shape. And then a man named Claudio Naranjo, and I have a video of him saying this, it's not gossip. uh, He took this geometric shape and he used a process called automatic writing, which means you're going into a trance and you're listening for or unfamiliar spirits or familiar spirits, just demons, to give you messages. And through that process, I wrote my books and, and Claudia Naranjo wrote the nine enneotypes of Enneagram. So he brought that through in automatic writing. And then it was a new age personality test that was very popular at Esalon, which is a new age kind of mind, body, spirit retreat in Northern California. And then this man named Richard Rohr, who's a monk, uh, who's very new age, and he believes in Uh, That Buddha is the same as Jesus. He believes all paths go to heaven. Richard Rohr has become a darling uh, in the progressive Christian uh, sect, you know, cult, I should even call it. And Richard Rohr has popularized the Enneagram. There's been all sorts of books by so-called Christians, but when you compare it to the Bible, as we're called to do, you see that it has nothing to do with the Bible. The people who've gotten into the Enneagram, if they're really honest with themselves and with the Holy Spirit, they will have to admit that they become obsessed with their personality type. Instead of being focused on the gospel, they have their number, their Enneagram number on their heart instead of Jesus on their heart. And so the effects, the fruit of the Enneagram are rotten, but people say, oh, it's helping me. It's helping my marriage. It's giving me understanding of my husband. No, it's not. It's pointing you away from Jesus and the gospel. The Enneagram needs to be out of the church.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you're you're hitting on some things I think that are really important. Um, You know, for those that might be interested in, you know, Richard Rohr, for example, what why should they be concerned about him?
0: Well, I i mean, all you have to do is look at his videos, and he's not even hiding his heresy. Uh, he'll be in videos with Buddha statues on his own shelves behind him saying that uh, we we Christians don't know who Jesus really is, that the Jesus that he and Oprah know, oprah Oprah's one of his good friends, is a Jesus who's all love and no judgment, no wrath in God. Uh, he's just your buddy. And that's the new age Jesus that I followed for all those years. The new age Jesus says you can do whatever you want, as long as you're happy. And that's the Jesus that that Richard Rohr is pushing. It's it's the Jesus that the false religions follow. And those. it all comes down to, in your book, Dave, your book is encouraging us to study the Bible. And I reading the Bible is what led to my salvation. And yet studies show, and you can cite them more than I can, that a slim margin of Christians, professing Christians, have read the whole Bible. I think it's something like 5% have read. Wow. Uh, the
1: book. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the statistics are just alarming, you know. Um, yeah. I don't have them off, off the top of my head here. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're talking like 18% rarely or never, 22% at least once a month, 14% once a week, 26% a few times a week, you know. I mean, we're talking not enough at all.
0: If, if you <laughs> don't read the whole Bible, you can't know it. I mean, it's, it's like reading any book. You can't just take a little bit here and there or a movie just for those who don't don't read books anymore. You wouldn't watch 10 minutes of a movie here and there and there and think you'd know the movie. Uh, it doesn't work that way with the Bible. It's God's word speaking to us. And then people write to me all the time. They're freaked out about the, um, you know, Lot and his daughters and the book of Judges and the animal sacrifices. And they're they're like, why would God push these things? And, and I'm saying, hang on, look at the book of Judges. It says in those days, there was no king and people did what was right in their own eyes. So since Genesis 3, people will do what they are following their heart to do. That's what the secular world tells us to do. Uh, people are uh, lawless because they they are following their own made-up Jesus instead of God's law. And it's, we're not saved by law, but once we're saved, the the law is something we love and we we desire to please God. We, we meditate on the law day and night, which is very different than New Age Eastern meditation in which you're counseled to empty your mind and focus on yourself and to watch Watch for uh, messages from your true higher self, which is usually your imagination messages, or at the worst case, it could be a demon coming in and posing as a message that would be divine. So uh, we just have to be so careful. Reading the Bible is is non optional. Uh, we need to develop that biblical worldview, and it is our, our safety guards in this world world that's becoming increasingly uh, just off the rails.
1: Yeah, you're so you're so right. I mean. It's like um, last Sunday I was telling people, look, you you need the to hear the preaching of God's word just as much as you need water yeah. and food and sleep. Now think about that. You you have to have those things to survive. So what I'm saying is, is that if you don't have the expository preaching, if you're not reading God's word, you know, because He loves His word, and people in His church, you're gonna die. Your your spiritual life in Christ is gonna shrivel and die because mm-hmm. these are God's appointed means that He uses to help us. To form us into the image of Jesus. So what you're saying is so important, you know, mm. I just want to aim on that.
0: Yeah, I mean, people are busy these days. And so reading the Bible is, it's a commitment. Um, I started out with the one year Bible, which gives you a Old Testament, a New Testament, a Psalm and a proverb every day to read for a year. And that's really what opened my eyes. And now I read the Reformation Study Bible ESV every day and, and um, just, yeah. I, and also NASB, which is what we use at church, uh, but we. The point is, we have to go to the word before the world um, every morning. Before I do anything, I'm reading out of the Bible, and it's it's just it's essential. It's not legalistic, too. I'm often accused of being legalistic. I'm not Hello, doing it.
1: Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all the time. Yeah, that's um, why I took the approach I did in my book. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's people don't even know what legalism means, though they oh. throw around that word, and, and I we should ask them to define it and. And, yeah. and probably what they'll say is legalism means that if you say something I don't agree with. So,
1: well, I mean, what they're saying is in, in that scenario is you're saved by, by grace alone, through faith alone in Christ alone, plus your Bible reading, right? So, I mean, there, there are some people who do make, we have to be fair, there are some yeah. people that, that do say that, you know, they don't say it that way, of course. They don't say you're saved by grace alone, through faith on Christ on plus your Bible reading, but the, by the emphasis of just mm-hmm. reading the Bible, reading the Bible, reading the Bible. Okay. I, I get that but we're talking about the 66 books that constitute God's word they are they are reliable and they're trustworthy they're they're sufficient for every area of life they're binding in our lives and so how can we not want to get in that book it's like I say I love my wife but if I don't show her I love her by helping her out with the chores doing dishes and cooking and those things um, she's gonna be right say hey do you really love me you know yeah um, but it's not a duty to do those things because what she's trying to get me to understand is, hey, you love me, so help me out. Help me out. You know, let's let's do this in, together. And Jesus, you know, he loves us. I just said that he loves his word, his church, and his people. And those are just so important because that's how we're going to not get burned out. Many people are just so burned out on reading the Bible, right? And that's how we're going to have the right motivation for doing all those things. is um, And we're driven by, you know, the, the spirit of God, by the grace of God. And maybe we have to ask the question, has the spirit opened our eyes? to the truth yeah. for saying that i mean i'm not questioning anybody i'm not saying oh they're not a christian or anything but we're saying if you're if you're in christ you're gonna love what god loves yeah and if you you're indwelled by the holy spirit wants to take the truth and he wants to use it so do you love jesus i mean and if you do then please get in the bible you know so that you can stand against one of the reasons i wanted to do this show is because i think your testimony it really shows like how serious people um you know you coming out of This and the message that you shared today is so important because I do think people are deceived. You know, Mm -hmm. I grew up and I lived in Seattle, where the Mm -hmm. general area where you lived for 26 Mm -hmm. years. Wow! know, the the level of deception and deceit, and I mean not just the liberal theology and the Mm -hmm. liberal philosophy, but I mean just New Age theology. There, the yoga, the, the, all of this, and I just think so. I think your testimony is really powerful, and um, I'm very encouraged by what you shared today. So here's one more. Here's another question for you. How has seminary helped you grow in your handling of God's word?
0: Yeah, seminary has been um, very much helping me to make sure that everything I say, I can back up with scripture. My teachers, with a couple of exception of teachers that I haven't really cared for their theology, um, but most of my teachers have been super, super solid. The, and they've we have to write papers every week. And in these papers, everything, every single thing you say, you have to point to scripture to back up what you're saying and so that discipline has really trained and renewed my mind to make sure that I'm not speaking out of turn and then of course the Holy Spirit does a really good job of convicting me if I waver and uh, and I pay attention to the Holy Spirit I actually welcome conviction so that I can learn and grow and mm. uh, so seminary has um, given me discipline that I needed and focus and one of the things that's helped me to do is get feedback because I've been reading the hot Bible my whole life you know it's not like I haven't I'm just New to the Bible. I've been reading it since I could basically first start reading. It's just I was reading it wrong and I was reading it through the lens of eisegesis. So when I give a paper to a a professor who's got a a THM or, um, you know, he's a D a doctor in ministry from a solid seminary himself. And I get back an A on, I get a hundred percent back or an A on that grade. It does. It's not for my pride. It's to give me feedback that, okay, I am rightly dividing the word. And so seminary has helped me to know that I'm on the right track now that I'm finally reading the Bible through the Holy Spirit's lens and not through Doreen's lens. Amen. Amen.
1: And it's a wonderful feeling to get a hundred percent on your paper or whatever. Yeah. As well. So, Yeah. Good job. Yeah, thanks. Good job.
0: Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so far I've got straight A's in seminary and I'm I'm on my last semester. And I don't say that to brag, I promise. I'm just saying it to say that the Holy Spirit has done such a work in me. I mean, I'm someone who was teaching the opposite of the Bible in early 2017. And here, almost four years later... Um, I'm teaching the opposite of new age. And it's just that 180 degree worldview shift that is all God. I could not have done that on my own strength.
1: Oh, praise God. That's so wonderful. That's so encouraging.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's well,
1: a, it's a miracle. Well, where can people go to find out more about you online, on social media? I know you got a YouTube channel. Yeah. You share about that and you know, let us get to know you a little bit. Where we
0: okay, can. well, my YouTube channel is called Doring Virtue for Jesus, F-O-R Jesus. And um, I've had the channel since 2000. 2009 when I was a heretic. And I previously used the channel for New Age Heresy, unknowingly, of course, I, I didn't set out to deceive people, I, I was deceived and passed it along. Um, so I've, I've had the channel for many, many years. And, and I've always been transparent about what's going on with me in, in these videos. And so when I was saved, I just told everybody on my weekly videos, you know, I'm going to be reading the Bible now, no more angel cards. It's the Bible. Um, I knew that people would leave the channel, but oh well, you know. So a lot of people stayed, and in in the New Age, Dave, there's just a few teachers, and 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 every New Age conference you go to, it's the same teachers, it's the same teachers writing all the books. It's you know Deepak Chopra and and a few Hay House authors and and such, and and so I wanted to introduce my audience that was by then at that time it was all New Agers to some solid Christian teachers and theologians and pastors. So I started. Interviewing Christians on my channel for that purpose, and also so I could learn from them. So I started out. I think my first interview was Ray Comfort, who's one of my heroes of faith, and and just any anyone who saw it, who would come on my channel. I'm so eager to share their voice, um, including yourself and your new book, which I'm so excited about and grateful for. So, um, so that's how it grew. And then I make my own videos sometimes because uh, I I don't believe that I'm not called to be a pastor, of course. First. Timothy 2.12 says, women cannot be pastors. And I believe the Bible is God's word. I don't try to add to it by saying some story about noisy women in church and Corinth church. I don't go into that. Um, And so, uh, you know, I'm not called to ministry, but what I'm called to do is be useful in exposing the new age because I am an expert on the new age and I can expose it as a former insider. And so I do, um, like I've got a video on crystals, I've got videos on yoga, Enneagram. Um, the, this whole thing about soul ties that the false churches are teaching—that that's how you meet your soulmate—is by burning a list of your ex-boyfriends. That's a New Age thing, and so I—I I have videos on essential oils, and I'm really careful to back everything up with Scripture and not go into legalism. We're saved by God's grace, not by our works. Um, but again, once you're saved, you want to please God. You're—we're called to holiness, we're called to righteousness, and so in God's Word, we're shown how to do that, how to be, how God molds us. And uh, we don't want to disobey him out of our love for him, as you said, in the analogy of your wife, your love for your wife. So that's my YouTube channel. I'm also on Instagram, Doreen Virtue and Facebook, Doreen Virtue for Jesus and a website, DoreenVirtue.com.
1: Well, you'll be, you guys, you guys will be blessed by following Doreen. I am too. And I'm blessed by your friendship. So Doreen, just as we, you're welcome, sister, as we wrap up this conversation, can you give us a few takeaways?
0: Well, the first thing is you can't Blend New Age with Christianity—a little leaven just completely uh, can ruin everything. So people say, "Well, I can look at my horoscope. I can, you know, consult an astrologer. I can do a yoga class because it's just stretching. It's not. Um, I can use this little, uh, this little bottle of oil that's a blend called Abundance to get more money." Those you can't. We cannot blend New Age with Christianity. New Age is all about glorifying the self and turning to the self for answers. Where Christianity our purpose is to glorify God and to fill our mind with God's word. So those two are oil and water that can never be blended. If someone's confused, if whether an, um some method that they're seeing is new age or not, they're welcome to write me on Instagram. I'm pretty busy, but I do my best to answer uh, the mail, or you can um, just look at my videos on YouTube. I try to address most of the things that are creeping in the church that are actually new age and stay away from new age. Please don't let that darkness cast any shadow in your house and don't entertain anything new age.
1: Amen, sister. Amen. Well said. Well, Dorian, we've been blessed to have you on today. Guys, her book is Deceive No More, How Jesus led me out of the new age and into his word. We've been talking with my friend, Doreen Virtue. Doreen, it's a pleasure to have you.
0: Thank you, Dave. Can I just add one thing? Yes, go for okay. it. Okay, so in the first edition of Deceive No More, in chapter nine, I talked about a vision I had before I was saved. Um, I've since recanted that vision after the council adjusted Peters and Chris Rosebro. Um, and so I've, the Thomas Nelson, the publisher, has updated the book in the second edition and the Kindle edition of that book to show that it was a supernatural work in my heart and my mind by the Holy Spirit. But the vision was something that was a new age experience that happened back then. Mm,
1: yeah. yeah, that's well said. Well, Dorian, thank you so much for your friendship. And uh, for having me on your show, and it's oh a yeah, pleasure to have you on, and have a blessed day,
0: friend. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You and Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter, at Servants of Grace, on Instagram, at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.